Our God is a God of love, compassion, and care. We need to understand that your God, my God, is there for you every second of the day. Why? He's a father. His son sits on the right hand of the father. But his other sons and daughters live on this earth. Many have gone before us and are now with him in heaven. But you and I are precious to the Lord. You are the Lord Jesus' daily delight. You see, God's first purpose is to proclaim a blessing to Adam and Eve and said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful, start a family, and multiply, profess out of your mouth and live a life of the kingdom. Because there are mysteries in the kingdom of God, way back then, that God had not revealed yet. But today, New Testament covenant, he has revealed them. We're going to learn about that. But let me express to you uh, my thanks for your prayers. Uh, Terry is still with her mom, taking care of her mom, and trying to ready her to be able to live by herself. And uh, so it's going to take a little bit more time. She is a wonderful mom and wonderful woman of God, and uh, we are blessed to have her. So Terry will be back uh, in time for Roy Rivago's funeral um, because we're family and we, we care about the Rivagos. Also, Victor passed away, and as soon as we get more information, we'll let you know on that. Let me express to you my thanksgiving for who you are because your heart is about family. We have heard God during COVID when the enemy was attacking. We heard the voice of God because God was still moving. COVID didn't stop God and COVID didn't stop us. God's heart is family. He spoke to us and said, I want you to move the Wednesday night service to Sunday night, six o'clock. There are many reasons for that, but the main reason is God is particularly moving in this world regarding family. Your heart is regarding family. Your desires is that your children and grandchildren would know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Your heart is that your grandpa, your grandma would know Jesus. They were raised in another religion, but you are witnessing to them with your life as a young person. And God is blessing you, and you're going to see the blessing of the Lord in your children and your children's children. I came to you a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, and asked you to help us above and beyond our, our normal offering and our normal tithe, which we have money in the bank to take care of everything we need to do. But I felt directed of the Lord to ask you, because the Lord said, the church, Valley Community Church, loves family. Sunday night, beginning May 16th, it's about family. There was a, a move of the enemy that wanted to destroy the work of the family, to separate, because the world separates moms and dads and boys and girls and sons and daughters and separates them and wants to raise them <clears throat> as a village. And that's not biblical. But we are a family of God. And what we have done, we asked you if you could help us, and we asked for $5,000. And in two weeks, you gave $13,438. So for our youth and our children and our college, we are going to, I've given the mandate to uh, 
Pastor Dan and Pastor Ryan and those involved, uh, Jack and Lisa, who are new youth leaders, uh, to really pray about the next steps and what else we're to get to help. Because the plan is, is to bring the family back together. We'll have adult services. We'll have, you know, the youth services. We'll have the children's services because we're going to meet their needs at where they are at. And by the way, our young people are very smart. And so we have to study hard to be able to teach them and to be able to help them grow in their lives. But we're going to pray about it and, and develop more things and purchase more things so that we can be the best that we can be for family. And I'll tell you, I would want to encourage you, and as your pastor, I would like to really, really encourage you as in, you need to be there. May 16th, not only Sunday morning services uh, for English and Spanish, but also 6 o'clock in the evening for these services. I will be in here teaching the adults, and we are going to later on uh, do young adult classes in the back and other places and use cross the street until we do new things with that. And so we have a big plan but you know what? Our big plan is not our plan. It's God's plan. And because it's God's plan, now it's our plan. And so I encourage every one of you to be there. You grab your neighbors, you know, um, bribe them, tell them you'll get them some Kalima French fries, whatever. Kalima burger French fries or McDonald's, whatever. You just bribe them, get them here, and they're going to know that God loves them. And they're going to be taught and they're going to grow, and it's going to be awesome. I just can't wait for that. And then when this stupidity of COVID ends, we're going to have food in the courtyard. We're going to have all kinds of things that we need to do because that is the enemy trying to separate us. And I want to tell you, in the spirit realm, we are separated no more. Amen. You heard last week Dr. Mila and the message she gave. Now, I almost took a picture of it, but I didn't because I was on vacation and I was watching my two oldest grandchildren uh, getting in the ocean. And I was sitting there with my phone watching the service live. And Dr. Mila, I'm going to do something and I know you're all going to understand this. I am one of authority. I am a leader. But in order to be of authority and a leader, you need to submit to others. You can't be a leader or a person of authority unless you know how to submit to others. Because I have a title, that means nothing if I don't know how to submit, come under other people's uh, missions and visions and what they proclaim. The prophetess of this church, a leader of this church, a pastoral officer of this church spoke to us a word last week. And so Dr. Mila, you're sitting over there, and Dr. Rolando, um, you're such a blessing to us also. Thank you for releasing your wife to her call and making it uh, really amazing for her to be able to step out into her call. It takes a man of God to do that, and I want to thank you. But Dr. Mila, I bow to the word that you proclaimed. I come under that word that you spoke. Yes, I gave you the platform, and you can tell the church that I said this to you. Whatever the Lord says to you, you do it. The platform's yours. And you spoke a very strong word of who the King of Kings was. And I submit to that. I lived with that all week long, knowing the word that you uh, professed. Matter of fact, I went back when I came home and listened to it again because it was a word from heaven. Thank you, Dr. Mila. Let's give her a great hand. Amen. See, that can only happen when the church becomes family. When the church understands the principle of, of family, loving one another, being faithful to one another. You that are online, thank you for being with us. And let me just say this to you and... and I'm ministering to a lot of people in other nations right now. And to Ghana, 
Um, you had someone in the past five years teach you wrong doctrine. And I heard the message that he gave you at, at the convention. And I want you to understand that was wrong doctrine. That is not biblical what he said to you. You listen to the message that I'm giving this, I believe the greatest uh, congregation in the world here at Valley, but you listen to this message because it will change you. You no longer have to live in guilt and condemnation. And the reason why you are doing the ministry that you are doing, leaders, is because God called you, not man. And you need to listen to the word today and no longer walk in condemnation and love your congregation. Don't yell at your congregation. Don't condemn your congregation. You take your congregation and you wrap your arms around them spiritually and you protect them as a good shepherd. And just know, leaders, I love you too. So enjoy what we have here at Valley Community Church. We began a series a couple weeks ago called Mysteries in the Kingdom of God. And last time together, we kind of taught the opposite of what we're teaching today. And the subtitle today is How to Move Forward After Messing Up. Anybody ever mess up? Yeah, okay. Turn your Bibles to John 18. Again, the ladies real soon will be studying the book of John. And it's a powerful book. Uh, I read it all the time. Uh, other than reading through the Bible every year, I read the book of John a lot uh, because uh, the way it was written and what it, what it says. In John 18 is where Jesus is arrested and goes through the trial. But we're not going to discuss that today. <laughs> we're going to discuss that next week. But in reading chapter 18... The story of Peter stood out to me. Peter denies Christ, remember, three times. And it seemed to me, and I'm just going to say this, but I, I think, you know, well, maybe we can relate to this, is Peter seems to always say the wrong thing at the wrong time, doesn't he? Anywhere? Anyone can relate to that, right? You ever said the wrong thing at the wrong time? So last week I gave you how to succeed in life, and today I'm not going to teach you how to fail, but how to move forward after you messed up or after you have failed. Not only Peter messed up and moved forward to success, you and I have areas of our life where we messed up. And we need to know how to move forward to succeed in those areas. <laughs> Every one of us who, who like snow skiing understand one of the first things you learn about snow skiing is you learn how to fall. And then you learn how to get back. Remember when you first started a snow ski and you tried to get back up? How long did it take you? Okay, see, in your spiritual walk with God, there are times we mess up and sometimes we don't know how to get back up. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. So that's what we're going to learn today. In John 18, verse 1 through 5, it says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. And Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now, I want you to look at the words, I am he. In the Bible, in most, most Bibles, the word he is in italics. Italics. 
What that means, it wasn't the word he wasn't in the original text. So Jesus answered them, I am. Hmm. John, the book of John is the I am gospel. Jesus said in the book of John, I am the bread. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. I am, I am explaining himself who he is. When he says, I am, he's telling them, this is who I am. He said also, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So every time he said, I am, he was declaring himself as God. Wow. Now, when Moses asked God what his name was, remember the burning bush? What did he say? I am. He didn't say, I am he. He said, I am God. I am God the bread. I am God the vine. I am God the life and the truth. So watch what happens. Watch the power when the revelation of who God is in your life or who God is, watch what happens. Verse 6. Now, when he said to them, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. He then asked them again, whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. See, they still didn't recognize that Jesus was God. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. Therefore, because I am, if you seek me, let these go away that the saying might be fulfilled, which he spoke, of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Now again, we're talking about Peter saying the wrong thing at the wrong time or doing the wrong thing. Listen very closely, verse 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. And the servant's name was Malchus. Now, if you saw this in a movie, and I've seen it in a movie, you'd want to turn your head. Verse 11, so Jesus said to Peter, Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? or I'm going to do the Father's will, Peter, I'm going to say it, shut up and put the sword away. If you read the literal language, you're seeing the power of the words that Jesus was saying of authority. In the book of Luke, the Bible tells us that that, uh, Jesus picks up the ear, gross, and says... Isn't this amazing? No, Jesus, who's God, could have picked up the ear and plop. But he asks permission to do it. Let me ask you this. Maybe God's waiting for you to ask permission to do the miracle in your life that you need. Well, let's go on. So the question is, Now, let's get the picture of what happened here. He says, I am. They all fall down. The ear is put back on Malchus. So the question is, what would you think if you were a soldier there? Dude, I'm not messing with Jesus, right? See, but what we don't see is we always talk about healing because the Bible always talks about it, that Jesus heals. But now with this experience, Jesus also heals injuries. We have depended upon our amazing doctors and nurses. And I want to tell you, they're awesome. Led of God, gifted by God to do the work that they do when we are injured. But let me tell you, 
Jesus not only heals sicknesses and diseases, he heals injuries. He heals emotional injuries. Some of you have been emotionally scarred in your life. Today, you can receive that healing. Hmm. So Peter, let's get back to the story, cuts the ear off. It's always Peter. In John 18, 15, when we read this, now John is writing, but John in his writing always refers to himself as the other disciple. So let's read it now. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple, John. Now that, that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. So John went in with, with Jesus, and Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple, John, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her who kept the door and then got Peter to be able to come in. Because it's very important that Peter was in the courtyard. Why? Because we're going to see Peter really messes up, but we're going to see redemption in Peter's life. You have, may have really messed up, but you can see that redemption as Peter did. Hmm. John 17, uh, excuse me, John 18, verse 17. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are not also, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? And he said, I am not. Now the servants and officers who had made a fire of coal stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself too. Verse 25. Now Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore they said to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. Verse 26. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him, whose ear Peter cut off, was ticked and wanted to slap him. No, that's not what it says. <laughs> a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off said, did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter was caught dead to right. Verse 27, Peter then denied again, and immediately a rooster crowed. Remember what Jesus said to him? Peter said, I'll never deny you. I'll always be there. I'll be faithful. I'll do everything right. And all of a sudden, the rooster crows. So let's learn four things from Peter's life. And I want you to, if there's any little pride in you, or you're living in condemnation now, I want you to remove that pride and accept this teaching is for you. And I want you to understand if you're living in condemnation of your past, I want today for it to be totally removed and you begin to live in joy of your life because Jesus Christ went to the cross for your sins and for your mess-ups. Here's the first thing we learn. All of us blow it. All of us have made mistakes. Just as a few hours before this, Peter made a commitment that he would never deny him. Let me ask you this. Have you ever made a commitment to God and you haven't kept it? Some of you online. Have you made a commitment to the Lord and you haven't kept it? Let me tell you this, the answer to all of us. The answer to that question is, Yes, you have. The good news, every commitment God has made to you, he has kept all of his commitments, and God always will keep them. So you can trust your God. You can live your life out knowing that God will never lie, that God will never go back on his word. So here we go. We made a commitment to lose weight, to eat right, you had potato chips last night. We made commitments to read the Bible. We made commitments to pray. 
Have you ever tried to read the Word and fall asleep on God? You know, you wake up and you feel like Peter. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me tell you this. You know what God's thinking? Because you know what? God is not this mean ogre up there. God says, you know what, son, daughter, just go back to bed. You're no fun anyways when you're tired like that. Talk to me in the morning. Yeah. I woke up one morning with my Bible on my chest. Have you done that? Yeah, okay. So, so let me show you how hilarious Peter is. In Matthew 14, 26, when Jesus walked on the water, it says, when, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. It's Casper. And, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Then Peter, not Andrew, not James, not Philip or any others, but Peter, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, he just said it was he. Command me to come to you on the water. See, Peter's always saying the wrong thing. Verse 29, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. What did Jesus say? It is I don't be afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Another gospel said, when they get back in the boat, Jesus said, Why did you doubt? Now, Peter's the only one that's wet in the boat. So the, all the other guys were afraid to even get out of the boat, but Peter gets out of the boat, then he gets afraid. Sometimes we mess up by getting out of the boat and we start looking at all the circumstances and all that's going on, and you know, the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that. I want to tell you, if God said to move forward, move forward. And if all Hades breaks loose in front of you, God said what he said. He is the I am. Jesus plainly said, you have little faith. What do you think Peter did? Or <laughs> what would you and I do? We would say, well, at least I got out of the boat. <laughs> Look at uh, Matthew 15, 15. Peter breaks the silence. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Now, Peter, like us, probably would be thinking, man, I get my head chopped off every time I try to do something. Everything I say something, I get my head chopped off. I quit. How many of you have quit in areas in your life? How many of you know the Word of God says something and you've tried it and you saw the waves and you, you felt the wind and you quit? I've been there. I said, the heck with this. I don't need this in my life. Well, you know what? Maybe I did to chop off some of the pride in my life. And let me tell you how much I can give you a big old barrel of pride that's been chopped off in my life. Don't look at me that way. You need the same size barrel. Matthew 16, 13. All the guys are talking now. They're like this. So when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of men, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus asked them, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say God is in your life? Verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Whoa. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, talking about Simon, 
the flesh, speaking wrong, doing things wrong. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So probably Peter, because he still has a little pride in him, he's not ready to do all the things he's, he's supposed to do and going to do. You know, he's, he's probably thinking, I'm the man. I finally got it. Look at Jesus is bragging on me. By the way, you know Jesus brags on you all the time? Because he sees you through the blood of Jesus. But Jesus did put a little jab in there. I, I want you to understand, God has a sense of humor. He created me. <laughs> Verse 17, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Peter. He basically said, Peter, this is a miracle. You said what you said and got the right answer. Here's the second thing we need to learn. All of us blow it, and all of us has failed big time in areas of our life. Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. <laughs> See, I said, I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I'm Peter now. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Why we blow it big time is because there are times and areas of our life we think like the things of men. We try to figure it out. Why is this happening? We try to change the word of God because this didn't happen in our life. God must not want to do that when God said, I will do it. This is my will, the word of God. So you would, you would think, you know, that Jesus will listen to the rock of the church. Simon means unstable and and Peter means the rock or very stable. So when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus said, Simon, you are so unstable, but you are Peter, the way I see you, what I've called you to be. Hello, you too. But you are Peter, you will become very stable. And I am already calling you what you will become one day. So if you have really blown it, and you have, God says to you, listen to me, I call you, I'm leading you into what I know you already are, even though you're unstable in that area right now. That's the God that we serve. You are so amazing to God. You get messed up, some blow up big time in your marriage. But God sees you as a great husband, a great wife. You blow it as a person. God sees you as a great person, walking in kingdom realities and the mysteries of God that have been revealed. Right after that, Jesus says next the gospel. He says, I'm going to be crucified, but will be raised the third day. They still weren't listening to him. See, did you hear those footsteps? God's chasing after you. God is moving forward to love you, to, to bring you into that place he's already called you into. But you need to run to him. You ever see those commercials? You know, where you got this man and this woman, they're just slow motion running to each other. And you're watching and this music, it's uh, romantic, and all of a sudden, boom, they grab each other and they hug each other. I love the commercials that are a takeoff of that, where they run and they bump heads and they you know, pass out or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way we feel in our relationship with God. 
We feel like we're bumping heads. I want to tell you, you never bump heads with God. I am, and you're the one that falls down because he's God. You know, they weren't listening. Peter says, when you talk that way, it scares the boys, Jesus. I understand because I have the keys of the kingdom. So don't talk that way, Jesus. So what does Jesus say? Oh, okay. No, he doesn't. He says, get behind me, Satan. I want to tell you, Satan is right there in your face telling you God is not who he is. And sometimes we listen to him more than we listen to God. So again, what was Peter thinking? I'm not going to say anything anymore. Have you and I have ever done that? In areas of our life, we've just shut it down. We quit. Nope. I'm never going to face that again. That hurt too much. Remember, God's the healer of injuries. So I'm encouraging you. Peter blows it big time, and so do we. Matthew 17, 1 through 3, and verse uh, 1 through 3. Six days later, Peter's still reeling but feels good that he's one of the chosen few. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. How awesome that must have been. <laughs> Moses and Elijah. Can you just imagine that? You're hanging out with Jesus, and Moses and Elijah shows up. Peter answered, but no one asked a question. Did you know that? Peter answered, and no one asked a question. Bottom line, Peter just looked at the situation and decided what it was and had an opinion about it. So we give our opinion, and no one asked. Peter's there to witness it, not to talk. Sometimes in my life, I talk too much. Because of experience of life, I'll look at something and I'll deduct something and think, well, it must be this. No, it wasn't that. God had a plan and I need to listen to God to tell me what that plan is. Amen? And you don't get there, the mysteries of, of the kingdom, until you get into that quiet place with God, that secret place with God. When you get in that secret place, the secret place is revealed. What is the secret place? Oh, you just got to beat your hands on the ground. You got to cry for a day. No, no. You get in a place and sometimes you just sit there and you listen to God. Amen. Will you be uncomfortable at times? Uh-huh. Yeah, you will. You want to talk. You want to put on some music. I, hey, a lot of times when I'm reading and stuff, put my earphones on and I listen to music that's being played. And, and I just read and I just get into the kingdom world. I get into God's world. And, and I just read and read and read and read and go over it. And sometimes I'll read the same scripture 10 times because I know God's saying something and I just need to listen a little bit more to hear. Why? Because if I don't, I'm going to have my own opinion and I'm going to really blow it. So Matthew 74, let's read it again. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, his heart was right. Have your heart... Have you ever done something, your heart was right, and when you did it, it was wrong? Doesn't make sense, doesn't it? But it's because we didn't stop for a moment and listen to the Lord. And because of that, at times we really blow it. But look at verse 5. See, God knows Peter. While he was still speaking, God 
rudely, no, God interrupted Peter. Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Don't worship Moses and Elijah. Don't worship your government. Oops. You know the problem today? We trust the government to take care of us more than we do God. That's why some people don't tithe. That's why some people don't give. Because they trust the government to take care of them and not God. God said, Peter, close your mouth and listen to what my son says. Or Peter, stop talking out of the flesh. He could have said Simon. Church, I relate to this, don't you? Yeah. So while Peter was still speaking, here's the third thing we need to learn. All of us blow it many times. Not just blow it, not just blow it big. We blow it many times. John 13, verse 5 through 7. After that, he poured water into his basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter. Notice they said Simon, okay? And Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. He said, Peter, you don't understand this. Shh. What did Peter do? Nope. Verse 8, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus had answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Jesus said, I have to do this, Peter. Peter, Peter, Peter. Trying to let him know, hey, you're the rock. Peter, this is where you're going to get. But you got to learn to listen or you're going to blow it many times. Verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only then. Listen to him. He's hilarious. But also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, I'm just going to paraphrase it. Peter, you took a bath this morning. I don't need to wash your hands and your, and your head. Peter, just be quiet. Over and over, it happens. Let me show you another one. Matthew 26, verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have, ra have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Here comes Peter. Verse 33. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you that this night before the roaster, the roaster, the rooster crows, before the roaster crews, yeah, I got it. I hated English. Anyways, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples, yeah, Peter, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll go get it. You know, I mean, you could just see it. You know, them all standing there with their hands to their side, you know, their long white socks and long shorts. Hey, I say, what's going on? You know? Just like, really? So all of us blow it. All of us blow it big time, and all of us blow it many times. Pretty funny, huh? But let's get serious. When you blow it, blowing it hurts. And some of you are still carrying the hurt of you desiring to do right and you did wrong. Some of you are desiring to say the right thing, but you said the wrong thing. And because of that, it brought hurt in your life. You have uh, no desire to get involved with anything 
because you've been hurt because you did the wrong thing or said the wrong thing. You need to allow God to heal that. He heals injuries because May 16th, we're going to move into a realm that God has planned for the world, and we're going to see the power of God move in such a mighty way. You need to listen to Dr. Mila's word again over and over and over, then come back to this word over and over because God's doing something great. You need to get involved. You need to get involved physically, emotionally, financially, and everything that we're doing in this this house because we're going to reach the world for Jesus. In Ghana, you allow yourself to not walk anymore in that self-condemnation that was preached to you and begin to love your congregation and release them into this power. We feel bad. So let's go to another passage about Peter's denial. Remember when Jesus uh, was being questioned, Peter was in the courtyard with Jesus. Luke 22, 60 through 62 says this. We're almost done here. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. This wasn't a, I'm sorry, God. This was, he was hurt. Have you ever blown it and feel like Peter? Have you ever felt like a failure? Have you ever felt like you've blown it too much and you just need to sit in a corner somewhere and just be a good Christian? Being a good Christian is walking in the calling of God in your life and getting involved because we're family. We're family. Be faithful to your family. Guess what? Families aren't perfect. Your family's perfect. This family's not perfect, even though you're close. We need to understand that if we mess up, you mess up in the family, there's forgiveness and there's grace and we love one another. And we work through our messes. Sometimes the church stinks because of their messes. But if we will be like Christ, we can see God's healing of our injuries. Here's the fourth thing. This is awesome. There is hope for those who blow it. There's hope for you. Luke twenty two thirty one 31 says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Notice he said, Simon, Simon, talking about his flesh, that because he can't attack his spirit, his flesh, and he's going to attack his flesh because what's happening is that's what God will use. Now, hear me, hear me closely. God doesn't bring evil on us. The Bible tells us that. But there are things that happen in our life And we need to understand, hey, God, what's going on in my flesh that I need to fix? What's going on in my actions, in my words that I need to fix? Satan asked for you, and what did Jesus say? But I prayed for you. See, Satan is asking of your flesh, but Jesus has already prayed for you. Jesus has already done the work on the cross. Oh, church. That should make your spirit jump. That should make your spirit jump. So what did Jesus pray? Here's the answer. Listen to what he prayed. Jesus knew Peter would fail, but prayed that faith in him would not fail. This is the kingdom's secret regarding failure. Here's a mystery that's been revealed to us regarding faith. We're going to make mistakes and fail. Guess what? You're still going to do it. But your faith is God will never blow it, and what he has promised will come to pass. Even though you've messed up so bad, turn around, repent, but know that God will never fail you. Jesus, Satan has asked for you. Why didn't he ask Uh, you know, for all the disciples. He asked for Peter. Why did Satan ask for the person blowing it all the time named Peter? You see, we need to think of that. 
Why is this always happening to you? Because God's got a plan for you that's huge. And one day it's going to manifest. But we, like Peter, has to recognize it. Because Satan saw a man when he overcame his problems regarding his mouth would begin to do God's call on his life. And Satan was scared to death of Peter. Satan is scared to death of you, but because we've messed up and we don't understand it, and we're not just sitting down and listening to what God's saying, we're still scared of the enemy. And he's still messing with us. So who was it that stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached and 3,000 people got saved? Peter. Who was it in Acts 3 said, silver and gold I don't have, but rise up and walk? It was Peter. Who was it in Acts 4 that said to the Pharisees, there is no other name under heaven given that men must be saved? It was Peter. Who was it in Acts chapter 5 brought the sick and the lame out of the street, hoping a shadow would touch them and they would be healed? It was Peter's shadow. Who did they call in Acts 9 when a woman died? It was Peter. Who was it that walked into a room and said to a corpse, arise? It was Peter, and the corpse arose. That was what Satan saw. So let me encourage you. You have a call from the same God and the same power of God in you that was in Peter. You have the same Holy Spirit that was in Peter. Your call, you have the same anointing and power to do and succeed like Peter had. But what we need to recognize, we will blow it, but God will never blow it. And God's promise to you will come to pass. Move forward and see God's kingdom life work in and through you. You lead hundreds and even thousands of Jesus Christ. Everywhere you go, your call is there. You be led of the Holy Spirit. Bring your family, bring the kids, bring the young people, bring the college students, because God is gonna do a mighty work in their lives here on May 16th in the evening. But I'll tell you what, bring them on Sunday morning too, because they're gonna hear messages like this that will transform your lives. Amen. And if you've been unfaithful to the church, become faithful. You on screen, if you've been unfaithful to Valley Community Church and you're part of us, get faithful again. Amen. Because COVID is of the enemy. Amen. COVID is, I get so in my spirit, you know, well, God planned to do all this stuff and change the church. We are in the beginning stage of the greatest move of the Holy Spirit in the church. And what the enemy meant for evil, God turns it around for good. Amen? And we are right there, Valley Community Church. Amen. Let's all stand.